Monday, no huddle. I'm joined with Robert Rosenthal here in studio. Robert, thanks so much for being here today. You got it. Virginia just lost to Illinois 24-3. A big win, completely a complete change, 180 from last year when Illinois lost 42-14. to I mean, talk to me about this 180 change. What do you think of it? And I mean, it's, it's a crazy how far they've come in just a year. Yeah, I think you have to at least acknowledge that Virginia changed coaches, changed schemes, brand new offensive line. You know, they obviously had offensive line troubles yesterday. But that said, it's hard to flip a game that far just with things like that. The, the defensive performance, I mean, to not have given up a touchdown at home yet this season, only field goals to Wyoming and only one field goal to Virginia is just incredible. I mean, there were seven contributors on this defense who left in the offseason. You know, you're having to rebuild with new guys, and to, to come out with these kind of defensive performances is pretty amazing. And Brandon Armstrong had a great outing last year. I mean, same quarterback. I know there's a lot of changes still to Virginia, but same quarterback. And you mentioned this Illinois defense just coming out ready to go. Uh, I mean, talk to me. We had a couple true freshmen as well mm -hmm. that just really made a name for themselves. Do you want to talk to me a little bit about Matthew Bailey, Gabe Jackis? Yeah, I, Matthew Bailey is just this complete surprise um, to many. I mean, Illinois was his only offer. It was very, very late in the process. He's out of Moline. You know, there's that kind of famous story that, you know, is he was headed to a high school basketball game the last weekend and his coach says, hey, uh, Illinois wants you to visit like right now, like go pack and go visit Illinois this weekend. So um, for, for somebody to come out of nowhere like that and be contributing in September of their freshman year is really amazing. And then Gabe Akas, it's just so amazing that he can come in and have two sacks in his very first game. I mean, two sacks in college football, you know, the Illinois record for a season is 16 with Simeon Rice and, and Whitney Merciless. So... To get two sacks in, in your first real game as a contributor as a freshman is pretty amazing. And also, you, just talking about this defense, who else did you see just completely kind of ball out, I would say? Honestly, who, who are some standouts for you? Uh, I would say Devin Witherspoon. I mean, he had the one late uh, penalty, but that, that receiver they put him on, Wicks, is really good. He'll be in the NFL next year. Uh, he dominated Illinois last year, was just running wild and free. And so for them to come back, uh, you know, design a scheme to stop him, put spoon on him, and to hold him to what they held him to, it's, it's you know, it's, I keep saying the word amazing. Like, there's so many performances that are like, okay, I didn't expect that. I didn't expect them to shut down this guy. I didn't expect them to make Armstrong look like he, you know, a completely different player from last year. There were just so many surprises. It's hard to still comprehend what we saw. And just on that other side of the ball, obviously Chase Brown, got half of the rushing yards for Illinois. But we also saw Reggie Love the third coming out and performing as well with Josh McCray being injured. Talk to me a little bit about these running backs and just kind of what they are doing for this Illini offense. Yeah, that's where the depth was. I mean, in the offseason, we talked a lot about, okay, the running back room, you have guys. You have Chase Hayden, who's played a lot of college football. You, you have the two freshmen coming in. There's probably a lot of depth there. And, and it's showing. You know, Reggie Love had, had some struggles, let's admit, in the Indiana game and a couple runs he'd like to have back of just, you know, pausing for a second and the hole closed. Um, for him to come back and have a performance like this, give, give, give Chase Brown a breather. But, I mean, you know, we have to talk about what Chase Brown has done. I mean, nearly 500 yards in three games. I did a list the other night of – you know, Illinois' leading rusher the entire 2017 season had 350 yards on the season. He's got 500 yards in three games. You know, there, there have only been 3,000-yard rushers in the last 10 years. He'll be the fourth again this year. He did it last year. 
and he's going to get there. Like, in a few games, it might be October 1, and he has the fourth best rushing season of the last 12 years. It's, it's crazy how, how much he's racking up the numbers. So he's, he's having an incredible year. I mean, and if he continues going at this rate, obviously Illinois might be sad to lose him next year to the NFL. But, I mean, is that a path you definitely see him going to if he continues this performance? Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's fully on the radar. We know that. And on top of that, his brother, his twin brother, is graduating and will be gone. You know, there's that kind of thing. You know, he, he transferred here. He had a redshirt year. But Sydney did not redshirt any year. So this is his final year of eligibility. So, yeah, I think it is something like – you know, one brother goes, the other brother goes. One's going to give the draft a shot. The other's going to get a draft a shot. All right, well, we'll see where the Browns end up. But also, passing yards, they were kind of equal. Also, is like 196 and 198, I'm yes. pretty sure. So, I mean, that's a pretty good offensive line. That's our, excuse me, offensive drive there for Tommy DeVito. Talk to me a little bit about, you know, your thought with how he's doing and how Barry Lenny Jr., the offensive coordinator for Illinois, has really stepped up with this offense for Illinois. Yeah, I was walking out of the stadium behind some fans who were talking about the offense, like, oh, defense was great. Oh, we need more for the offense, need more points. There were some kind of weird things that happened, a fumble at the one-yard line kind of thing, two missed field goals. That's not really on the offense. They did their job to get in the field goal range. So the offense did have a fine performance, like you said, completely balanced, you know, 400 yards, basically 200 passing, 200 rushing. Uh, and then we're just running clock most of the second half, just, you know, grind it out, not really trying to, to move quickly down the field. They're not going with tempo. They just want to, you know, look, we have this lead. Our defense is playing great. Let's just uh, put together some long drives and end this thing. So I, I think it was a fine offensive performance. It's, you know, this was the kind of team that if you see that kind of offense and this kind of defense, they could, they could win a fair number of games this year. And Brad Bielma in his postgame press conference was talking about his offensive and defensive coordinators. Just he said, so I, I don't want to quote put words in his mouth, but he said something about them just being two of the best he's had. So, mm -hmm. you know, what are your thoughts with that? And I mean, it is proof. I mean, we saw them and how they did just yesterday. Yeah. So yeah. what are your thoughts with how they are doing? And are, are you agreeing with Brett Bielma's thoughts with that? Yeah, I mean, you, you could see it on his face when he talked about Ryan Walters. He was like, you know, like, I, I can't recall <laughs> having a coordinator like this. You know, to lose those, I mean, let's, let's just at least acknowledge the contributors that left. Three guys on the defensive line that started every game, you know, Isaiah Gay, Owen Carney, and Rod Perry. You also lost both Kalen Tolson and Jake Hansen at linebacker. You lost Tony Adams at corner. You lost Kirby Joseph, who left early. Those are, that's a lot of contributors to lose on a defense. So to come back and get better, then you look at that coordinator and say, wow, this guy, you know, they're going to have to pay a lot to keep him in Champaign. You know, they extended him with a three-year contract. They want to keep him happy. But, you know, it, this is the kind of defensive, you know, this is the kind of scheming and everything else that's going to get a lot of the big programs really interested. Definitely. And where do you see, obviously, Illinois has a bye before they play Chattanooga in another week or so. So talk to me a little bit about where you see this Illinois team maybe in a few weeks. Where do you see them? Do you think they'll make a bowl game? What are your thoughts on where they can continue to be later on in the season? Well, first, I think it was a good move to put this bye week in. So what they did is they moved the Wyoming game to week zero so that they could have this bye week. And then they moved the Chattanooga game to Thursday so that the bye week is kind of spanned with a Sunday, then a week around to Thursday, and then another, you know, on to – you know, they, they, they kind of put it in the middle of that so that they could rest players, you know, so they'd plan ahead for injuries, things like that. 
So getting ready for the Big Ten season, that's a, that's a pretty good way to go about it. You know, the schedule before they made these changes was a lot of games in a row that can, that can really tax you. Um, but yeah, after a performance like this, when you compare it to the game against Virginia last year, when you even look at, you know, close but didn't pull off the victory at Indiana, you know, and when you look at the two blowouts and not giving up a touchdown at home, you have to say that, you know, this is now a team that people do think can win four more games. You know, you beat Chattanooga and then you have to find three Big Ten wings, wins to get to a bowl, and, and it re looks really possible right now. I was going to say, and we saw last night a couple of Big Ten teams get a little bit upset. Yes, so, yes. you know, I guess kind of what are your thoughts? Everything's up for grabs a little bit. Do you think yeah. Illinois, you know, yeah. can, can do it? I mean, I mean, look, Nebraska fires their coach today. You yeah, know, everything exactly. is tumbling in front of them. They go to Nebraska October 29th. Uh, you know, Wisconsin loses at home to Washington State. Illinois goes there October 1st. Iowa can't move the football. They come here on on October 8th. Um, you know, so, yeah, there are some things kind of setting up in front of Illinois of, hey, let's, let, you know, it's possible to contend. Northwestern lost at home to Duke. Illinois goes to Northwestern. You know, all these games are now like, wow, they could win that one and that one. And if they beat Purdue at home and then if they beat, you know, so uh, it could get rolling. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, long way to go. Obviously, teams will adjust after they have this film on the Illinois defense, and they'll say, hey, can we attack it like this? And, you know, it'll be a chess match throughout the season, but it's really encouraging right now. Robert, I guess my last question for you. After the Chattanooga game, Illinois heading up to Wisconsin, Bielma gets to return there. You know, what do you expect to see from that game? Yeah, I'm I, my – Biggest curiosity is how he will be treated by the Wisconsin fans. You know, even the first summer, um, you know, he got the job. So the summer of 2021, before he'd coached his first game, um, you know, at the end of that June, nine players, nine players on the roster elected to transfer out. Mostly they were third string guys and, you know, just transferring down. It was just, they were looking at the roster and saying, I probably don't have a spot here in these new schemes. I, I'm, I'm going to look elsewhere. There were several Wisconsin publications that took that and said, hey, oh, it's a disaster at Illinois. People are fleeing Brett Bielma. They're rats from a sinking ship. You know, all this crazy narrative. So that has me curious of, okay, if he goes up there, he is the guy who left. He is the guy who said, you know what, bye-bye, Wisconsin. I'm going to Arkansas. And so the, the reception he gets when, when announced or, you know, when the, when the game starts will be, be quite interesting. Definitely. And I guess final thoughts on this Illinois team. What they, they're three and one right now. What are your final thoughts uh, just overall? Yeah, overall, much better than expected through these games. I mean, th I think most fans looked at the first four games and said, look, you, maybe you'll lose one of Indiana or Virginia. You've got to get to three and one and then go find three wins in the Big Ten, if not more. And they seem on the path to do that now. You know, Chattanooga's ranked 10th in the FCS. We have to be, you know, we have seen these games before. Last year, Illinois beats Nebraska, and then UTSA comes in and beats them. So, you know, don't want to count any, any, count any wins just yet. We've, I've been around Illinois football for a few years. I can understand that there are losses that sneak up on you. But, you know, overall, it's well ahead of what I expected. For a year or two to lose as many as players as he did, uh, for the, to look like this right now is really impressive. Robert, well, thanks so much for being here today. We appreciate it. You got it. Thanks.